We live in a culture where we are oversaturated in sexual anything. We live in a culture where spanking does not exist in the vocabulary except under the category of abuse. We live in a culture where submission is a trigger word. I talk about all of these things and a little bit more in this episode. I do want to disclaim that I do talk about sex a little bit and I do talk about pedophilia slightly. So if you have young ears around, this may not be the episode to be playing around them. Uh, But again, player discretion. Very recently, a documentary came out called The Shiny Happy People. I believe it's available on Amazon Prime. So when that came out, my mom had texted me and was like, you have got to watch this. And I was like, okay, because it was about the one family that the majority of people watched growing up, and that was the Duggars. I don't know how much my listeners watched or remembered much about the Duggars, but I personally grew up kind of watching their lives from a young age and watching, you know, multiple children come into the world through that family and watching kind of how they lived, how they operated uh, in society, outside society, just kind of everything about their lives. I was fascinated by it as a kid, but I also got weird vibes. It was just not, it was not how my family functioned even though we were both so-called Christians, it just seemed off to me as a kid. And I believe when I was 11 or 12, there was a scandal that hit the newspapers saying that the, I'm going to forget the name of it, it was like Ashley something website, um, where it basically uh, married men could sign up to have an affair with a woman outside of their marriage. And this website got hacked and like lists and lists of people's names were released. And one of the names was a Duggar and it was the oldest Duggar. So that was the first scandal with them. That, you know, hit the newspapers. Everyone was appalled and like everything. Then I want to say a few years later, maybe not even that much time. No, it was definitely a few years later. It hit the papers again that the oldest Duggar, Josh, who had been involved with this website and had cheated on his wife, was also uh, accused of molesting not only his sisters, but some other girls who were unnamed at the time. All of this, of course, is hitting when I'm a teenager and I'm watching this unfold and watching the family that I had, you know, watch growing up all of this drama and I just remember like uh, not really understanding what was happening but also like not really surprised slash kind of surprised about everything so when this documentary came out I was also not surprised about what was happening inside their family and kind of their beliefs but I was also kind of surprised after watching it the extent of the things. So back when my mom was a kid, homeschooling was, I don't know if it was in my mom's particular state 
or just in general was kind of illegal, uh, just not typically done. If you did do homeschooling, it was really weird. Um, you typically were classified as weird because you were antisocial. You wore the long skirts and you went to these like homeschool conventions. It's just, it was a weird thing at the time. Of course, now it's very normal and we're seeing actually a lot of benefits from homeschooling kids now because of what the public school system has either become or is or whatever. So back in my mom's era, that was kind of what she did as a kid. She wore the long skirts, very modest. We had the purity culture. We had the, and honestly, I even kind of grew up with some of the purity culture. Uh, It was very, you know, my mom's age, uh, more Gen Z, like very early Gen Z millennial. That kind of, you know, hit our culture in the Christian circles. It's funny because as a kid, there were things that I would like pick up on or notice that were taboo, but I didn't really kind of understand at the time. And some of the things that, you know, was not talked about was, you know, mental health. Our grandparents did not talk about mental health. Our parents did not talk about mental health. This is a new thing that we're talking about. And alongside of that, also anything sex related. And that played into the purity culture. So, you know, back then, sex was not talked about. You know, you you grew up in the church. You knew that it was something that happened between a husband and a wife. Uh, you knew that it was for procreation. Um, a lot of women, you know, grew up believing that it was not, they were not allowed to enjoy sex. They you know, it was meant for procreation. They would make babies. That was their job. And it was like this super distorted view on sex. Uh, It was also very hush-hush. So a lot of times, you know, if you were a conservative homeschooled family, your families didn't talk about sex or, you know, maybe they did. They just kind of briefly explained, okay, this happens when you're married and they didn't say anything else about it. So if you have any questions, you never said anything. And they kind of expected you to get married and already know what sex was, which of course is very unhealthy. And there should be a balance of not under talking about it, but not over talking about it. Because of course, right now we live in a very sexual culture that talks about it over, like it over talks about it. And our culture is so saturated in it that we've the pendulum has swung to the complete opposite end. So obviously there needs to be a balance. We can't be not talking about it, but then we can't be over talking about it. Because of course, there are still things that maybe should not be talked about or maybe should be kept between just a man and a wife. Obviously, basic anatomy. Anyway, I'm that is my little spiel on it. So of course this started, you know, way back when and kind of carried on through generations. Like our grandparents didn't talk about stuff. So therefore that taught our parents not to talk about stuff. And then, you know, they kind of passed that on to us. And now our culture and our generation is like, wait, maybe we should be talking about some of these things. Like maybe it's actually not good to be not talking about them. So 
one of the things also, um, I actually did a research paper in Bible school. We were asked in class, it was our Christian's ethics class. And it was at the very end of our two years. And we were asked to take everything that we had learned from the Bible and basically look at real life situations and write a big paper. One of the things I wrote on was pedophilia. And of course, if you have seen the documentary, this is a huge thing. This is super close to my heart. Um, I have not personally experienced this. I would just like to put that out there. Um, But I have known people that have. And so it hits closer to home knowing people that have dealt with this. But one of the things that even in organizations that I had, I had actually called out my school and because many years ago, like in my parents' generation, things were happening on the field. Pedophilia was happening on the field. Missions leaders knew about it. People knew about it. No one said anything. And I think this was a big issue with our church, like with the, with the church in general at the time was that they believed that you shouldn't, if you had a problem with somebody, like you dealt with it in the church, you didn't take it to a government level. And in some cases, I believe this is true. There are two cases I do not believe that is true. I believe domestic violence and pedophilia should be taken to a court of law and should be taken outside of the church because that is federal that is not only is that a sin, but that is also a crime on humanity. And so I stand with that. And so basically pedophilia in any sense. But I think now that we're learning how to talk about these things and this documentary that came out, it's, you know, called out certain aspects of what the Duggar family had gone through. So I'm going to back up to what the Duggars follow or believe. And that was kind of also not necessarily what my mom believed, but like that generation. So there was a man named Bill Gothard and he still is known to this day. And honestly, people still follow his teachings. But he founded IBLP, stands for Institute of Basic Life Principles. And to be honest, when the documentary started off and I was listening to this, I was like, this doesn't sound bad. This basically, uh, this guy was saying how the public school like system was indoctrinating our kids. We should take back, take back their education and teach them godly principles. So at a very surface level, this sounds amazing. And I feel like this is what draws people in. The deeper you go, the more cult-like you find it. And this is what makes me so sad. So I do want to, like, as a, a disclaimer about the documentary, the more you watch it, you do see that side of the, uh, the cult-like teachings. But also, unfortunately, they did try to make, like, if you're conservative and Christian, you're bad. Or, like, what you believe is bad. 
So, like, there was some aspects of that that I obviously did not agree with. Um, and they had even, like, pulled in, like, a famous, like, YouTubing Christian couple. And they were, like, kind of made them seem like they were super conservative and, like, um, more along that Duggar line. Which is, in my mind, kind of weird because I never thought that they were prudish or any type of way when I've seen their videos. So definitely kind of fall on that side, but I watched it because I appreciated it calling out the cult-like things that people were listening to and following. Now, I don't want to sit here and blame Bill Gothard for the way that our culture has turned out now by swinging to the opposite side of the pendulum. But I really do believe that his teachings and the movement that he started that swept the nation and all of these families really did so much damage, not only on families, but also on our culture. And I'm going to go into this and explain this a little bit. So I talked about, you know, how our parents and grandparents, they don't or haven't or whatever, they don't talk about things. And it's more of a newer thing that we're starting to really talk about stuff. I think that this Bill Gothard teaching, you see in the documentary about how, like, they were taught to have this fake facade, almost like a, you go to church, you're happy, you put on this happy face for the world. And even in the families, you see the dynamic of toxicity and abuse being taught and allowed. And I think that is what set our culture up for failure because obviously the pendulum has now swung and we are seeing the complete opposite of that and people revolting against those ideas but not in a great way i'll give you a few examples of what i'm talking about so in the bible it talks about submission a wife is to submit to the husband well in bill gother teaching and in this cult basically they were taught that you were to submit to any man and obviously that's not healthy that's not good We all know that. Um, Also, submission in the Bible looks very different from what they were teaching. I've talked about this, about how submission uh, between a husband and a wife or like the wife submitting to the husband is an act of love. And also the husband carries a lot of weight and responsibility, all of that. So like it's not just the wife submitting to abuse or the wife submitting to whatever her husband says, like, no, there are biblical guidelines to this. But unfortunately, that's what Bill Gothard was teaching. Uh, And we see more that he was actually abusing a lot of girls using this. And a lot of husbands abused this (laughs) because they were like, my wife must submit to me. And unfortunately, that's, I think, why our culture gets so triggered by the word submission, because we saw abuse come from it, and we still see abuse. The second one is spanking. Okay, so I know so many Christian parents, even nowadays, 
where that is such a touchy subject and actually at our bible school they actually encouraged parents to spank and discipline their kids biblically not abusively and they were teaching how to biblically spank and discipline your kids and unfortunately I think the Bill Gothard teaching back then it taught parents to be abusive and it allowed it opened that door to abuse so one of the things uh that they teach in this is uh it's called blanket time and you put your kid on a blanket like a baby and you start off young put your baby on a blanket and you put a toy out of reach and when they go to grab it they get a spanking and you tell them like they need to sit still and if they go to grab it again you keep spanking them until they learn this submission and it's a they did say in the documentary it's a fear conditioning and this is not biblical and this is not what spanking is but i think this is where the gentle parenting movement came from because again that pendulum swung so far to the other side that parents are like i can now not lay a single hand on my child and i think this comes from like either you know experience or hearing things of abuse or things not done biblically. And I'm not saying, you know, <laughs> parents are going to get it right every time and, you know, not spank in anger because, you know, that that is not what we are supposed to do. We are not supposed to spank in anger. We are not supposed to spank uh, to induce fear and create submission. We are supposed to spank to create a understanding that the parent knows best and that the parent has the best interest for the child so this lady i was watching on instagram she gave the example of my child needs to listen the first time for their safety if my child runs out into the road like if they kick a ball and the ball goes into the road and my child is about to run into the road that child needs to listen to me the first time because I, as a parent and adult, know the dangers that if you do not look both ways, a car could come and hit you. The child, on the other hand, their brain is not developed. They don't have this experience. They don't have the knowledge to make that decision and necessarily know I should stop and look both ways. And so they're going to run out into the road. If the kid does not listen the first time, and that is not you know, established beforehand, before they get to a situation like that, then that is going to put their life at risk and going to endanger them. And I thought that was such a good video because in this culture, because we have, you know, we're now doing the whole gentle parenting where in some aspects I do agree with it. And I think biblically, there are some things that we can take from that, but I think also it's it's not as effective. I've seen it in households being done. And I also see the kids running absolutely rampant and running and ruling that household. I think that the fathers are supposed to rule their household and have control over their household. 
if the kid is running the household, the kid who is not developmentally, you know, able to make decisions based on whatever age development, like anything, then like, why are they running the household? Why is the father not running the household? Why is the mother, whatever this family situation? That being said, I think, you know, there are some aspects, gentle parenting we can take away, but I also think spanking, in my opinion, is beneficial when done biblically. I do not believe that we should be spanking to entice, entice fear in, in, uh, create submission, create whatever we want. It needs to be done out of the understanding that this is what's best for my child and down the line is going to create that first time response of obedience in order to protect them in the future. I think those are the two biggest examples of what I kind of got from the documentary of things that, you know, we got from our parents' generation of that pendulum and why our culture has gone to the complete opposite extreme. And I really do believe that this, we need balance and we need to be able to find, as Christians and believers, we need to be able to find that balance and be a light to the world and be in the world not of the world. And unfortunately, it does kind of frustrate me watching the documentary because they lumped all Christians together. And what I saw was religion. It was legalistic. It was cultish. It was not a relationship. It was all of those things, but a relationship. In a relationship, you don't have this you have a desire to want to obey the person or you know follow the person love the person like whatever you have that desire it's not out of fear it's not out of whatever it's not out of those things it's because you have the desire and unfortunately what this thinking is it's religion it's if i do these things then I will get this in return. And it should be the opposite. Like we should be expecting nothing in return because ultimately when you truly love somebody in in whatever, a marriage or whatever, your relationship with God, it should be a sacrificial love, not a fearful love. So those are my thoughts if you haven't watched the documentary highly suggest but also keep in mind some of those things that I had mentioned about them kind of making all Christians or lumping all Christians together and making everyone look to be the bad guy which we all know is not true it's just those loud minorities that unfortunately get lumped in or made the uh star of the show 
I have so much fun making these for you guys and interviewing different women. And so what you can do to help me out is leave a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Share this with all your friends and family as well. New episodes come out every Thursday, 8 a.m. Central Time. This is Elise Weathers, and this is Womanhood in the Rock.